In less than an hour. Aircraft from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind, that... Words should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interests. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July, and you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution. from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live. To exist. And should we win the day? The 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday. But as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. It starts with one thing. I don't know why, it doesn't even matter how hard you try Keep that in mind, I designed this rhyme to explain in due time All I know Time is a valuable thing Watch it fly by as the pendulum swings Watch it count down to the end of the day The clock ticks life away It's so unreal Didn't look out below Watch the time go right out the window Trying to hold on, but you didn't even know I wasted it all just to watch you Beautiful people of the internet, uh, welcome back to, well, mm. welcome to this podcast. Nice. Joining us here in the Zencaster studios are <laughs> <laughs> our new format here, our pop culture guru, Ryan Shipley. Hey, guys. Our wonderful producer. Oh, no, wait, hold on. Record skill. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hi, Scott. How are you doing today? <laughs> <laughs> very well, very well. Yeah. You are our guest as of right now. Correct. For those of you who have found this podcast, thank you. Uh, welcome to... Yeah, blessed are you. Whatever this is. Blessed are ye. Yeah. Go with God and also with you. So here's the deal. About seven hours before recording today, it was announced that we were let go from... So... We are no longer affiliated with that production company, and we are striking out on our own as independent podcast yep. performers. Yep. To Today is our Independence Day. Podcasters. <laughs> is that a word? Yeah. Our Independence Day. Bingy is still with us. Good friend Bingy is still with us. However, right before all of this happened, 
he had to step down and take some time to himself to sort out some personal issues. So our hearts and minds are with him, uh, mainly because I'm pretty sure he has a chunk of my heart somewhere mm. from that one shooting. Aw. But. That's sweet. I do what I can. Well, yeah. Well, you know, sooner or later, uh, 2020 was going to get to us. Yeah. We tried our best. We put up the barricades. We hammered the the four by fours into the windows. Yep. We did everything we could to solidify the base here. But you know, twenty twenty snuck in. Yep, sure did. There's only so much you can do against twenty twenty through the back door. Those twenty twenty zombies finally got through. You know. Yep, exactly. That's why I wish I'd played some of that zombie game because then I could have made my analogy even better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just one regret I'll have to do. So. All right. But yeah, we uh, we posted like three episodes kind of back to back to back a couple of weeks ago. And then we were going to just take like a break for two weeks just to let everybody listen to those episodes. And we do appreciate because our one year anniversary episode yeah. was widely downloaded. So the thank you, everybody, for uh, downloading it and sharing it. And then um, also a quick a quick shout out, quick shout out to Jake Hendrick. Thank you so very much for being on our final episode. Thank you so very much for coming out for the last episode. <laughs> and uh, uh, from that episode, one person that I gave shout-outs to at the end, I basically retract all those all those shout-outs. About two weeks, I guess a week ago, Bingy said he needed to take a break from it. We told him we loved him, and everybody else loves him, and we couldn't see the sh- going on with the show without him, but he was like, just keep going for now. So that's what we're doing. Bring Scott in for the, uh, for the time being as our He's going to be sitting in the bingy, bingy seat. I think it's comfortable. It's uh, warm from all the farts. Yep, it's a, it's a big seat to fill. I'm no bingy, but yeah. I'll, I'll do what I can. I think you're going to do great. And then Tuesday, things started to crack. And by today, it was to the point where it was time to break up. Every relationship, you know, there ends up being a breakup. You could just talk shit about the person you were with, or you can just try to capture the good moments of that and move on and try to grow and hope the other person does the same. And that's what I think we're going to do. We're going to wish them well, but we're moving on. Well said, Ryan. Well said. I fixated on the wrong part of that statement. Yes. I'm happy now knowing that Scott's official term is the time being. Oh, I like it. Yes. That's awesome. Sounds Dr. Who-ish in a way. (laughs) Yeah. We actually had planned to record on Tuesday. But then when everything started to seem shaky, we said, let's hold off and see what's going to happen here. And then we decided we're still kind of in that transition period of where everything's going to go. We don't have a name for it yet, which is weird. By the time this posts, we will have a name and the name will be really cool on this episode. Yeah, the name's going to be super cool. I just want to throw this out here right now, guys. Let me see what you guys think of this. Mm-hmm. Shipley's Place. Every episode starts with a video of me in a robe, sitting by a fire, going, oh, hello there, come in. Take your shoes off. Have a seat, will you? As long as there is a taste test video involved. Now, there might be, but I'm, you know, saying something like, sit down, have a seat uh, by the fire, it's so warm. Would you care for some chilled Coke Zero? You'll be like, just shaking your, your glass around with ice in it, Coke Zero, you know? Yeah, at Shipley's Place, everybody is welcome. <laughs> I like that idea, or maybe... Two guys and a Scott. I don't know. <laughs> I like that too. Yeah. What do you think, Boston? What are some names that are coming up in your head right now? Well, I liked one that we were talking about ahead of time. 
because it was based on some internet lingo and gaming lingo that was too old for the youngins out there. And it was uh, new enough that Shipley uh, Ryan had some issues with it. BRB AFK is my pitch, <laughs> which of course for all of you out there, it stands for Bingy Ryan and Boston's awesome fun kingdom. So, Oh yeah. So it's super cool. Um, I think easy for people to remember. I like it. True. I was also thinking maybe murder hornets. <laughs> oh, more. That's that's all. I think people forgot about the the, the murder hornets right now. Everything else is going on, so it's kind of a way to bring it back into the, to the light, you know. I think so. I mean, the good thing is, like, once we get everything kind of sorted with the new network, the name, and everything this year, because we had already started planning while we were off for those couple of weeks, how big this year is going to be. Um, we have coming up a girl that is basically is on a Overwatch uh, team, and she plays competitively. I think that's going to be kind of a cool interview. My friend Aileen is going to come on. Actual, a national headlining comedian, Corey Ryan Forrester, is going to sh- join us soon. Yep, yep. And one of the um, the visual producers of the new Walking Dead show is down the pike. At this point, we'll still mainly focus on, on video games because that's going to be our bread and butter. But I'm not going to be as nervous about doing the pop culture stuff and stepping on other, body, on other people's toes anymore. Yeah, absolutely. That's really good. You are still our pop culture guru, and I want you to fulfill that role to the best of your abilities. Oh, yeah. The weird thing is, I think everything over the past few weeks or months, I guess, has been building us to be ready for this. I mean, because you had no idea how to produce a show like three months ago. I mean, I had a strong idea of how to do it. Take the compliment. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's one of those things. I've actually been working with audio equipment and audio production for several years i just never did it professionally well no the church never paid me so it's one of those things that i have years of experience with it i just don't have the documentation to prove it you don't have that fancy paperwork right i don't have the fancy paperwork i just have the actual knowledge which doesn't go very far oh yeah no what you've done like i think in the last three months and especially like if anybody listens to the the podcast formerly known as Tales from the <laughs> I don't think that is like our Voldemort, right? That we just don't say it. <laughs> yes. Can't mention the name anymore. But the, all the stuff that you do in that in that show, just showing like how quickly leaps and bounds that you've grown in this new role until until Bing until Bingy comes back and uh, basically battles you to the death, I think it is, in the Thunderdome for the producer yeah, I role. That. I think that's right. What we'll do is let Ryan take over as the official host. Nice. Bingy will take over as the video game guru. Okay. And I will be the producer, I suppose. I still like the Hunger Games style battle to the death idea better. True. And just just for rating purposes, I think they think they'll go over really well. I mean, it will, but it'd be sad to see Bingy go. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> he would have had a good run. Right. I mean, he's made it through three incarnations of this of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. Sooner or later, this podcast is going to have more names than Chicago. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, that's awesome, man. Oh, and I, I guess like too. Obviously, all the stuff going on in this like podcast is nothing compared to the troubles of the of the world. And uh, know that we uh, support Black Lives Matter. Absolutely, absolutely. It's the, ironically. We tried our best not to be political, 
on the uh, on DLC respawn, and that turned out interesting. Yeah, somehow it still happened anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially our anti-China episode, but anyway. <laughs> I was about to say, yes, yeah, su- supporting Hong Kong against China didn't get us pulled, but no, supporting Black Lives Matter, fair enough. Well, that, that did it. Yeah, and you know, I did, granted, at the end of the episode, I did say, hey, China, I'll work for you if the money's right. I should have done a wiki emoticon. Yeah, that, that was your downfall. You didn't put the winky thing on there. Yeah, according to this on um, Saturday, the there's protests all over the country. Peaceful protests, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing to see that kind of turnout. And all we can hope for is that turnout is there and it's just passionate. What, November 3rd? Yes. Right. Yeah. Yep. All right. Game that vote, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do we have any other housekeeping stuff that we need to do i feel like we're forgetting something but i don't know what it would be mm. i thought this has been an interesting already like 20 30 minutes of of gripping podcast drama uh 10 minutes actually <laughs> you know what it feels like 40 <laughs> it does it feels like we have the whole podcast right there oh speaking of that that's the one thing we are going to try to make some little changes and adjustments to our new format i think we're going to try to stick between 90 minutes and 90 plus 15, 105, 105 minutes. We're going to try and we're, we're wordy bastards, but we're going to try to uh, stick it to like where you can listen to it on your drive in from work or like exercising. I, I assume people exercise. Is that, that's still a thing, right? I think it is supposedly. I hear dark rumors of that, that exist. I know that's supposed to get back popular once coronavirus is done. Right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh huh going to be interesting times too uh with everything going on 90 minutes to 105 minutes each episode some episodes may go a little farther if we get really going on the topics but it's still going to be the same show as before it's just going to be more independent i guess which can be a can be a good thing you know yeah so yeah every episode is going to be somewhere between 90 minutes and an hour and a half (laughs) (laughs) that's the name that should be the name of our podcast Hey, Monson, I can do 90 minutes. I can do an hour and a half, though. Mm, okay. We'll keep it to 60, then. We're only 40 minutes into this episode, and Scott's already making demands. I know, man. I'm, I'm being a diva. <laughs> hashtag diva. We're going to start hashtags, too, now, guys. <laughs> yes, we got to. Good stuff on the horizon. Definitely, if you like this episode, when you do subscribe and do share it, because that's going to be super important. <clears throat> I think even when we're at the other place, most of our downloads and everything came from word of mouth because we didn't really do a lot of advertising or get any of the, like the big interviews. So I think a lot of it is word of mouth and it's going to have to be that again. Speaking of that, I guess we should get into the episode. It's not a bad idea. Oh yeah. So Scott, what you've been playing? So I recently been playing, I started playing Skyrim. I've loved the Elder Scrolls series. And for some reason I've never have gotten into Skyrim yet. I played it a little bit back in the day. Huh. I know it's really odd. And I was like, you know what? I've got to just go and play this game. So that's playing probably for the next five years of my life. <laughs> I'd say probably uh, Skyrim. What system are you playing on since it's basically on everything? Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm playing the remastered version on Xbox One. Okay. Yeah. Remastered that they updated the graphics to... Yeah, they did. They 11-year, 10-year-old game, right? Nine. Nine? Okay. So yeah, they, they remastered the graphics, the draw rates, the shadowing. Looks amazing. Even though it's a, almost a 10-year-old game, it looks really good. Mm. Which was always weird to me when they first came out with... I kept up with 
Morrowind and Oblivion. Oh yeah, same. So when they were like, "Here's the remastered Skyrim," I'm like, "It was already fucking gorgeous." I know it was already great anyway. <laughs> exactly. What did, what did it really need? You know. Does it hold up for almost decade old game? It does to me, man. You know, but also too, I I only played a little bit of it a long time ago, so it, it might be different if I beat the whole game and then was, was trying to play through it again. But for me, it holds up very well. Awesome. Well, there's a there's a YouTube channel that I used to follow. He finally ran out of content. Has been kind of rehashing it in different ways. On YouTube, the Epic Nate three one five. He's he's been running for years doing a series called Things You May Have Missed in Skyrim. Really? And also Things You May Have Missed in Fallout 4, where he goes into little details that they don't make it obvious to you. So it's little things you can pick up along the way. That's awesome. What's what's it called again? Everything Skyrim or The Epic Nate 315 is the channel. Okay. Okay. That's a YouTube channel? Yeah, it's a YouTube channel. Very cool. And he just basically, every episode is deep diving into, like, a different video game? Mostly Bethesda <laughs> products, actually. Yeah. All right, so he's got his, he, okay, all right, that's that's that makes he's, sense. I mean, he's got his... Uh, he's got his favorite, you know. But, I mean, that's the thing is, those games are huge. Oh, they are, yeah, they, they really are. Yeah, the Skyrim rule. I mean, I know, like, have not played much of it, because I just can't stand the fighting of those games. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you can pick up a book on a shelf and basically read a novel. Pretty much, yeah. Especially if you have a, if you collect all the books, I mean, you could spend you know a whole day doing nothing but reading books. Which that's interesting. I wonder if they actually pay people just to write those stories, or if they find them out there and pay those writers then for the stories. That's a good question. I'm not, I'm not sure. As I understand it, it's the first. It's all usually ref- you know references to the lore. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yep. They may hire authors to come in and write based on the lore. Yeah, but it, it's supposed to be stuff that takes place in that world. Like, I think between all of the games, you can there's five full volumes of the Lusty Argonian made. Okay, huh. if you're not familiar with it, it's a play. Okay, that's done in book format, and it's about this Argonian maid that's just a little too, almost like Amelia Bedelia, but like naughty. Okay, mm-hmm. a little naughty maid. Yeah, she doesn't get how lustful she's being so it's it's kind of weird like that what's it called again it, it's it's brilliant what, the, what they do with the books the book or the youtube series yeah the book the book the lusty argonian maid okay see i thought that was going to be like uh the 50 shades of gray of skyrim is what i was thinking in my head <laughs> almost but if if done is more like a a it's more what's the term i guess the 50 shades of house gray main Go- <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. I was looking up. On, I was looking up. On, I was trying to stop for time while I looked on Google for my joke. I was like, "Wait a minute! I, th- I thought Gray Man was from Wow." Whatever works, man. <laughs> no, I, I hope I no Elder Scrolls. Okay, no, no, that good job, Ryan. Well, with the help of Google, but the joke is mine. I knew where I wanted to go. Google and Ryan combined. Yeah. Um, so, so basically, and can you actually see that play being performed inside the game? No. Okay. It's all in documents, but uh, I'm trying to find I'm trying to find the other one here. What's really cool is they they've they uh, with the remastered version on Xbox One they've uh, they've allowed mods now. Uh, so like all the PC mods that you could play before that that console players couldn't do, you can now do that on Xbox One. Okay, mm-hmm. there's a t- and there's a ton of them out there too. What's the other big game that they make? Uh, Fallout. 
Yeah, so I guess they're being they're really being careful with the next Skyrim just because of how Fallout was received, right? I guess so they're just being super careful. Yeah, Fallout, you're talking about Fallout 76? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, probably. Now, Boston has met, has said on the other last episode that there's a little bit of redemption for Fallout 76. Oh, yeah? Well, part of it part of it is redemption. Wastelanders definitely got a bunch of people back in. Also, it kind of it's done a bit of it's sort of returned to form as far as Fallout goes by putting in human NPCs, even though I have my opinions on that. Mm-hmm. So I know that was the one thing people hated about it was there was no real human NPCs. Right, but it's it that still like blows my mind. It's like, oh my god, it came out of the vault and there were still you know, there's no people here. Yeah, because the goddamn nuclear war just happened, you dumb fuck. What are you expecting? <laughs> yeah, what did you expect? Right. The world just got bombed to shit. Anyway. Why isn't this world crowded? Yeah. Why is, <laughs> where's the malls? <laughs> yeah, yeah, where's the malls at? <laughs> it's so weird because it's I really want more people. Like, I'm happy that people are enjoying it because I'm actually kind of enjoying some of the content. But at the same time, it's still, as, as much as I, I've been upset about bootlickers recently, I love the taste of Bethesda's heel, uh, apparently. <laughs> I can't. I just can't stop yeah. coming back. You can't get enough of it, huh? Can't get enough of it. <clears throat> I feel you, man. Abusive, uh, it's an abusive relationship. Yeah. Like, one of the big things that's happened with 76 since you know it's been what i've been playing recently because they've been doing the fosnock event which is it was a, it was a fun event and people really loved it last year and so they were happy to bring it back but apparently something that had been mentioned when wastelanders dropped the new dlc dropped they had been mentioning it to bethesda for a while and they didn't do anything about it was that all the critters stopped spawning so oh. when so okay so when you in 76 there's a bunch of different creatures that spawn, most of which want to kill you. Okay. They're just enemies that spawn in the world, or now there are settlers that spawn in the world, or not a, non-aggressive raiders, which is weird to me, but it's part of the story, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the raiders that you can side with, and then the raiders that are just, they're too fucking crazy. We don't deal with them. We just shoot them on sight. Uh-huh. Yeah. But then there also were critters, like squirrels, possums, Rabbits, chickens, cats, non non mutated dogs. Well, technically none of the dogs are mutated. They're just either feral or domesticated. Okay. They would spawn and you could either just be like, oh, that's a cute little wildlife or, oh, I need meat real quick. Stab, eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the big things with the Fosnock Parade is that you have to give one of the robots a bunch of animal intestines. So that they can make sausages. What? And then they're like, oh, my sausages are done. Now I can go march in the parade. What? That's okay. Right. <laughs> wow. Wow. It's a, big, it's a big part of it. You have to yeah. see, let's see if I can remember. There's there's the the whole thing is there's the robots. They have their duties. And once their duties are completed, they can go join the parade. So you have a limited amount of time uh-huh. to go help mm-hmm. them with their duties. And then they get into the parade. Okay. There's the beekeeper. So you have to kill the invading bees and honey beasts that are trying to take his honey. What about the murder wasp? Uh, the, oh God! The, so <laughs> always be careful. If if you get a chance to look them up, they're called honey beasts. Huh. They're effectively like fucking. 
it's a cross between a honey badger and a and a giant bee. It's just, oh, okay. you don't They're, you don't fuck with the honey badgers though. So. Yeah, no. is this real? Uh, okay, so it's it's one of the mutated creatures in the game. Okay, all right, okay, good. I thought we'd moved on to okay. Oh no no no! Oh god, if this if this thing was real, we'd be nuking it from orbit. Okay, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. There'd be no leaving the house, so we would all be quarantined for the rest of our lives. Yeah, like imagine if a queen bee grew to the size of a Bengal tiger. Oh god! And then had the hive on her back. Wow! I I don't, I don't want to do that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the honey beast. That's insane. That's also one of the things I loved about when they first came out. They were like, "So yeah, this is when it this is when it first started. These are the first people out of the vault. So we can kind of fuck around with some of the monsters because if anyone asks, well, why weren't they in later versions of the game? <laughs> that's a hundred years from now. They didn't survive. Yeah, evolution. Yeah, that's a good thing about you know a post-apocalyptic war game. You know, you could you have that in your back pocket to use. They've been yeah. survived. They're not here anymore. Yeah, they they were bad mutations. They didn't work for the long right, term. Right, right. That's pretty smart. Yeah. And then you have to take the beeswax from the beekeeper over to the candle maker so that he can make his candles. You've got to kill the critters to give the intestines to the uh, the butcher to make the sausage. <laughs> You've got to give the wood to the wood to the wood chopper robot so he can make the the pyre to burn Father Winter <laughs> or burn Old Man Winter. There's one that you have to give a bunch of mugs to, but that's whatever. And then there's one that wants to needs to decorate the hall, and so you have to help him decorate. And then once you've gotten all those, everybody. Oh, and the the musician, you have to go help the musician by making a bunch of music, and his song is kind of cool. So oh, cool. Once you, so you've, you've done all these things so that the robots are done with their tasks. They join in the center of town to start the parade. And then you march with them in the parade. Things keep attacking you from all directions, trying to destroy the robots. And you have to keep the robots alive. And then that's the whole mission. And it was just a fun little community thing. Everybody gets together right. on the server, keeps the robots alive, have fun with it, go on. But since the critters weren't spawning, you couldn't physically complete the mission. Oh, so absolutely nothing you could do. Right. And the thing was, first we were just like, well, dumb Bethesda. Oh, well, because it was like it was literally up for an hour. And someone was like, yeah, we can't complete the mission because the critters aren't spawning. And it was like, oh, that's kind of a weird quirk. And then everybody's like, no, no, we've been telling Bethesda for the past fucking three months that critters weren't spawning. They knew about this. <laughs> and they still released it anyway, <laughs> the, the event. Yeah, they still put the event live anyway. It's like, God Fucking damn it! Stop. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. Oh, that's amazing. <sighs> so that's what I've been playing. Moving now. <laughs> nice. Hey, Boston, you uh, were you, were you, I think you were telling me before you were a big Fallout Vegas fan, right? Huge fan of New Vegas. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So you'll appreciate this. Uh, I just recently started playing Vegas uh, for the first time. Yeah. I had never played for, for whatever reason. I that was one Fallout game I never played back in the day. And so recently they they uh, they put it on Game Pass. I was like, oh, I gotta try this now. It's so free. It's so damn good. Ooh. So you're playing Vegas and Skyrim right now, both of them. Yeah, well, I, I've kind of m- more. I haven't been playing Vegas in a, in a few weeks. Uh, to take a okay. little break on that. Yeah, more, more more so playing Skyrim now. But yeah, I'll probably going back and forth between the two. And Vegas holds up too. It does. It does. It's not like obviously Skyrim as far as graphics wise, but it's it's still very, really really fun. It's actually kind of the reason why I've been trying to introduce my wife to Tomorrowland and Oblivion. Yeah, yeah. She was like, 
these graphics are so garbage. <laughs> <laughs> they are, but it's, but you can appreciate the game. They're still. I could play Morrowind now. It's all fun with it. But we have that nostalgia lens, though. I think. I think that's. Yeah, yeah. we do. That's very true. Yeah, it's kind of like, and nostalgia is like we've all talked about nostalgia so much on this, but that is true. Like, um, like Scott has a brother, and we introduced him to Princess Bride, thinking, "Oh, he's going to love this movie." He did not have the same feel about that movie that we did, <laughs> and I think that's because he saw it in his thirties right. and not when he was like ten or twelve. Just like there's some people in my friend circle who love Boondock Saints. I think it's yep. hot garbage, but for a lot of people, they watched it when they were younger, and it it means something to them. It, it's it's a part of their childhood. And I I am one of those people who uh, I'm in that club. I love Undaunted Sings. It was the weirdest night there. My friends, uh, they took it was my birthday. I remember that night, man. <laughs> they took me to Gatlinburg. We played the we did this escape room that was set in a pyramid where they rushed us through it. Yeah, person that run the, the ran the thing, not my friends. Then they took me to Connor's for a delicious steak and dessert. And then they were like, hey, let's go watch Boondock Saints. And because I'm a gentleman, I pretended at least for that night to like it. <laughs> Although when they were like at the end of it, they go, hey, Ryan, we also got Boondock Saints too. And we can start that up now. I immediately pretended I was tired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I wanted to so bad. I was like, oh my God, I'd love to. I'd love to. But I better get home. <laughs> Yeah, I will be honest. I still have yet to see Boondock Saints two. Okay, uh, it's nowhere near as good. I will say that right now. It's it's still a fun movie. It's worth watching, but it's not it's not Boondock Saints one by any stretch of the imagination. I know Reedus wants to do a third, and I'm kind of surprised it hasn't happened yet with the clout he has now. Yeah, I, the last I heard from him about that was he he was going to do it, but not until he was done with The Walking Dead. Okay, and that's going to be a while because I think when Andrew Lincoln decided to leave the show and then Michonne was going to leave the show, they just rolled that money truck up to his house and he's... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Although Maggie is coming back now because her ABC show tanked. Oh. Oh, she's coming back. Okay. Didn't re-sign her contract because she was banking on that, that show. And I think this happens to a lot of them, especially Andrew Lincoln... And her, and I think a little bit Michonne too, is that, at least for Andrew and Maggie from England, and I think they just kind of got, they kind of miss being home. And plus, I can't imagine shooting The Walking Dead during the summer in Atlanta. Oh, my God. No kidding. I can't imagine how awful that has to be. So I kind of get it. The Walking Dead to me, although the person kind of come up in a couple episodes, I can't wait for his show because it's uh, already just going to be a limited series. Two seasons and that's it. Which I think is a smart thing because I think with The Walking Dead, they're just going to drag it because they have no ending in sight. AMC said they'll let this thing go until the wheels fall off. <laughs> yeah, that's. I don't know how I feel about that because like, it seems like that's just going to run the show to the ground if they do it that way. Yeah, yeah. And then you're... It's the same criticism that Lost faced. Right. Although it's not as mythological based as Lost was with the mythology of it. But I think you should still have a map. You still need to have a map of where you're going. Absolutely. Or otherwise you become Dexter. Yeah. Yep. Although I do say that uh, while it's a, what's the word you just used? The mythology. Yeah. At least Walking Dead has kept their canon solid. That's true. Yeah. No, they, they have. I think the biggest problem Walking Dead's had in the last couple of years is they made the war with Negan 
go on way longer than it needed to. If it was just like one season, that would have been great, but it basically rolled into two seasons. I haven't seen it since the middle of that war, so I don't know how how long they how long did they drag that out for? It was almost two seasons. Two whole seasons, okay. Yeah, it was a little ridiculous. the The story they're doing right now, they just finished the Whisperer story, and they did a lot better with that story. They made it way more compact. Okay, that's good. But yeah, it's just one of those shows where I think it's going to be like any show that goes that long, where there's going to be good seasons and there's going to be bad. It's like Supernatural. Yeah, yeah. If you watch Supernatural from the beginning, you know, like season six is garbage. Uh, season seven isn't that great, but there's still shit moments of brilliance in it. Absolutely. To where you endure it. Because for a show that's 15 years, 15 seasons now, it still holds up pretty decently, which is, it's, I know a lot of people will probably dunk on it just because it's a CW show, but I think it holds up, especially those first five seasons. I couldn't agree more, man. Like I watched every single episode of Supernatural, and I I would still watch it to this day more if they, if they would renew it for another couple of seasons. I still would be into it. Yeah, well, you're going to get kind of like a half of a season because I still have like ten episodes to shoot. Yeah, that's very true. Exactly. So it's, so it's almost like we're getting a whole new season almost. Yeah, and I kind of wonder how that's going to work right now, Boston. I'm so sorry. Very good. But I'm kind of wondering how that's going to work because uh, the dude that plays uh, Sam got cast to be the new Walker Texas Ranger. Yeah, exactly. I saw about that, so I don't know how... Wait, what? Yeah. CBS is going to do uh, Walker Texas Ranger, and the dude that plays uh, Sam, the lankier dude, Yeah, he's the new Texas Walker Ranger. But they still have 10 episodes to finish of Supernatural, so I don't know how that's going to conflict with each other. It's interesting, too, how some some shows did that. So the Blacklist was halfway through filming um, oh. their episode. Did you see that, Boston? No, I'm, I just, I'm a huge fan of The Blacklist. Uh, okay. yeah, yeah, it's such a good show. They were on episode 20. They still had two episodes to go, but when COVID happened, they weren't going to be able to finish it, but they had already shot half of episode 20. So what they ended up doing was they hired this animation company. The animation was horrible. <laughs> You are those old, it may be Chinese videos that used to come on about the news stories, like when uh, Tiger Woods got in a fight with his wife, and just really bad garbage CGI trying to show what happened. So they hired a company kind of like that oh, no. to basically program the scenes that did not get shot. Huh, okay. So the episode is this weird hodgepodge of live action blacklist stuff, and then this weird computer stuff that just comes out of nowhere. That's crazy. When you guys get caught up, it's the... I think they're on season six or seven right now. Okay. But yeah, I still love that show. Um, what's his face? The lead. James... Spader. Spader, yeah. James Spader is is so... I hated him on The Office, but he is so... Like, such a good character. I mean, he... Man, he is. He's so much scenery. That show would not have would not have worked without him. No. Oh, God, no. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Red Reddington is just a, such a, a good character, and the oh, show yeah. has stayed true. I mean, stayed strong too. Like even this last season had some really good episodes. I appreciate that it gives you like that mystery of the week or whatever, but it still does bring the story along. Right. I still think that you could have a successful Punisher TV series. Even do. I mean, honestly. Even if you try to do it syndicated, like if, if Marvel wanted to do it syndicated on like a regular TV sh- channel, yeah, just do the blacklist. Do it oh, the exact yeah. same way the blacklist does it, where you have 
uh, you bring in a new big star every week to be the villain that Frank kills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he could have his own list. Maybe this is like the list of people that he holds responsible for murdering his family. Oh my gosh, that, that would work so well. Yes. That might happen because, okay, so Marvel gets the rights back to Daredevil at the end of this year. Yeah. Because when the way it ends up working is once Netflix canceled the shows, Marvel couldn't do anything with the character as far as like movies and television goes and for two years. They canceled Daredevil in November 2018. I think Luke Cage then gets back to Marvel in January-ish of 2021. And then Punisher and Jessica Jones around like spring of 2021 is when they're all back into Marvel's fold. Okay, okay. And the good thing is like there's been like little rumors that have been kind of circulating that maybe Charlie Cox or Daredevil is going to be in the third Spider-Man film. And I think that could happen now because, you know, it's been two years since Daredevil. He's done Daredevil. But realistically, when they do movies, they usually go three years between movies. Right. So it's not going to be like he's aged out of the role. So I'd imagine I'd imagine he'd come back and I would love love for them to find a way to bring Vincent D'Onofrio back into it. Because uh, Kingpin has always been in the comic books. Kingpin has always been like a shared villain between uh, Spider-Man and Daredevil. So that would be, per- that would be perfect. Then. Yeah. His Kingpin may be the best villain in the, in the Marvel universe. I uh, probably agree with you, man. He, he did such a fantastic job with that. Well, have I, have I ever told you about my, my experience with that? No. He did such a good job as Kingpin that I didn't realize it was Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, God, really? Oh, wow. <laughs> until we were we were watching through the first season again with the Audio Captions for the Blind. Yeah. And when I was listening to that version and I heard Vincent D'Onofrio as Wilson Fisk, <laughs> literally, I had just enjoyed, I enjoyed his performance so much that in my brain I was like, no, that's Wilson Fisk. <laughs> Yeah, you could make the connection. He, they, they found a way to bring Wilson Fisk huh. out of the Jason Aaron run of Punisher Max. Yes. That's him right there. So they, they kind of did a little weird science. <laughs> yeah. Like, they, they, they weird scienced the actual Wilson Fisk in. And I was completely okay. Yep, that's it. That's the one. It's him. <laughs> that's that's amazing. <laughs> but I know right now he's, got, he's working on Horace Whitaker's new show. Oh. King of King of Harlem, where Forrest Whitaker plays a New York gangster in the '60s, uh, Bumpy Johnson. It's kind of almost like Boardwalk Empire. Bumpy in the in the '60s, like Bumpy's uh, hanging out with Malcolm X. Malcolm X is a, is a main character on the show. Oh wow! But it's got but no, the cast is amazing because not only does it have Vincent D'Onofrio, but Juan Carlo from Breaking Bad and uh, Better Call Saul. Ooh! Oh, cool. okay. Who does Vincent play? Or is it set? Vincent plays, his character is kind of like, he's mobbed up and he's basically hates Bumpy Johnson and he's trying to take him out. And they're basically conflicting with each other. Kind of like with Boston. That first episode, I didn't recognize that was Vincent D'Onofrio. He is Until I was watching the second episode and I saw his name in the credits. Oh my God. He is so (laughs) good at being, like, he just gets into roles so... The original run of he was criminal. He was criminal intent. Law and Order criminal intent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was criminal yep. intent. Yeah. Oh, he's so good on that show. Wasn't he on SVU for like, the original SVU? I think he at least was on a couple episodes to spin his character off to intent. 
Yeah, because um, God, he got. Was mm, mm. <laughs> I never watched any of Criminal Intent? Was so he was kind of like more of a showy type detective, right? Like kind of like in the vein of Columbo. My mom loves him on that show. Uh, he was he was somewhere between Columbo and Sherlock Holmes. He was okay. Uh, it was more like real kind of animated in a way. I guess is how you'd word it. Like he kind of can get off in your face, and he's just really like I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain it though. What's that new one that's out with Martin Sheen? <sighs> Fuck, he played Aziraphale on Good Omens. Prodigal Son. It had Jesus from Walking Dead. Yes. It's almost like if the dad from Prodigal Son was the detective, right? Oh, that sounds interesting. The whole reason why his character was so good wasn't because he had like studied a bunch, was because like he realized oh, fuck, uh Dex though. If Dexter wasn't so charming. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Yeah, if Dexter was more like aggressive. Okay. Like it was it's that same idea of I have all of the mentality of a serial killer. So I'm going to use that for good and try and uh, track down other killers. That's a good way of putting it, man. So, and it, and it looks like it ran long because I was looking on IMDb to see if it showed him being on SUV at all, and it doesn't show it as one of his listings. But I guess Intent went for 141 episodes. Yeah. And there's a video game. Of course there is. Oh, God. Yeah, he played uh, a vid- in the video game. I think for him, like the first time, like most people, the first time I ever saw him in the movie... Was Full Metal Jacket? Great movie, by the way. He he was so good in that movie that it's one of those movies where I loved the first half of it, but I'm kind of indifferent about the second half. It's almost like two movies, two movies in one. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. It is. Yeah, first half of that movie is incredible. Yep. Do you want to know the first uh, first time I ever saw Vincent D'Onofrio? Yeah. What is that? D- do you want to take a guess, Scott? Ooh, uh, I have no idea. Do you want to take a guess, Ryan? Well, I'm going to cheat and look at IMDb. <laughs> uh, was it Men in Black? Edgar from Men in Black. Okay. Oh, uh, good okay. guess. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so good in that role, too. Yeah, he was, man. And the fact that he was able to play Edgar, like the because for those few scenes that Edgar himself was on screen, yeah, he had a motive, he had a character. Like this guy had a like a, this guy had a history. This was a yes. person. This was Edgar, yeah. and then then playing the roach in the Edgar suit, trying to be human. Fucking phenomenal. Oh, so, so freaking good. I know, man. It, it really was. Yeah. Honestly, I was thinking about looking at IMDb. I think IMDb. I think the first thing I actually saw him in, there used to be a show that came on called Homicide, Life on the Streets, and he was on an episode. It was like a, a bottle episode where it was just all basically in the subway. Yeah. And his character has been shoved off the track, and he's been pinned by the subway train. Oh. Um, and they know as soon as they pull it away, he's dead. So he only has like 45 minutes to live, and he's like going in and out of consciousness. And they're trying to get him to remember, because he's basically the only witness to his murder. And so, yeah, it's a phenomenal episode. Unfortunately, I don't think Homicide is on any streaming places, which is a crime against humanity. But... That show is brilliant, but yeah, just that episode just showed how good of an actor that guy was. So I'm glad he's working. Humanity, would you say, Ryan? Uh, no, it's it <laughs> it a crime against humanity, but I'm going to see if I can find Criminal Tent. It's got to be out there somewhere. I mean, it's law and order. Yeah, it's got to be out there somewhere. I want to I watch that. Yeah, I'd say so. But since we 
as a tradition on our shows, whatever we do, we just go into whatever pass we go down. I have been playing a Metroidvania game a lot. Oh, what's wrong? <gasps> oh, no. Uh, Shin, I'm going to mispronounce this, so I apologize. Uh, Shinsekai Into the Depths. I've not heard of that. Oh, right. Yeah, Into the Depths. So it's, um, it's Capcom is the developer of it. The interesting thing is it came out late last year for Apple's Arcade. Right. Basically got self-dropped onto the Switch during one of their indie highlight packages they put together. Sure. So I didn't think anything of it, but my friend Aylin started raving saying it was her favorite Metroidvania game in a while. So I finally ended up uh, taking the plunge and uh, downloading it. I'm so pleased with myself, guys. I'm so sorry. You're so clever, man. So it's an undersea exploration game, but it's done as a Metroidvania. So you're basically, you have air tanks. You have to keep that in mind while you're trying to explore, because if you don't find bubbles of air or find like a save point, you could run out of your air canisters. They can also be damaged. So as you're playing the game, you're having to find like hidden places that has the extra oxygen canisters you're also leveling up and finding a material that you can use to build more holding space for the canisters. And it's kind of cool because you figure out with like your jetpack, which also uses the air, how you can kind of move underwater. It never feels like it, the controls are super tight, which kind of surprised me since it started off as a touchscreen game, but it's quality. Mm-hmm. The story, it doesn't really tell you too much of what's going on in the story and the little sidekick thing that helps him has more than more or less just annoyed me the whole game because it doesn't really help me. It's not cutesy or anything like that. It's just, <laughs> it keeps trying to give me shit I don't want. Like, I don't want that canister just to fill my ear up. I don't, I, I want to wait till I can actually hold more canisters. And it's trying to shove shit in my hands I don't want. But you also get like a submarine in the game. It seems like it's got a decent lean to it. I'm about 10 hours into it right now. I, I think I still have like two or three whole new other areas to explore. And the difficulty is, it's not like Hollow Knight, that difficulty. Mm-hmm. It's probably more like Bloodstained, but super quality game. Okay. I think right now it's only on the Apple Arcade and the Nintendo Switch, but if you have one of the two, definitely check it out, especially if you like the Metroidvanias, because it, it's a solid Metroidvania game. Nice, and I am a fan of that. Yeah, super good game. Have you been playing a Metroidvania, Scott? Was that what you had mentioned earlier? Oh, I'll mention uh, Stranded Deep. Yeah, is that like a Metroidvania? No, no. It's more like it's it's a it's okay. a survival game. So basically, you it's been on Steam for a while. It just was released on consoles. Not I don't know, maybe a couple weeks ago. Basically, you crash. You're in an airplane and you crash land in the middle of the ocean. Okay. You swim out of the plane. You get on. You have this little raft, this little inflatable raft that you get on, and you go to this little small island. The, the cool thing about it is it's like there's all kinds of, of islands in this in this middle of the ocean where you where you crash landed. So basically you have to build up a new raft, all kinds of survival gear, and you can go underwater and explore sunken ships and get, get stuff from that. And there's all kinds of creatures in the ocean. You know, okay. sharks are <laughs> abnormally overly aggressive <laughs> in the game. But you can turn that down if you want. But if you basically say if a shark sees you, they're gonna they're gonna come and attack you. Basically. Okay, so it lets you slide the different kind of difficulties. You can. I think I think it's just for the sharks only. Like I think there's a way to. to I remember reading something about t- turning aggressiveness of the sharks okay, down that's if pretty you want cool. to. Because they're they're very aggressive if uh, on on normal. Basically, you kind of like try to to go between each island 
and see what you can find on each island. Because eventually, the goal is to repair and build this airplane. Okay. To escape the whole the whole islands. Uh, so that's basically what, what. Okay, nice. And it's, I guess it's like a single player game. As of right now on Steam, it's there is, I think there is co op on it. And I was reading an article that they're they're going to try to bring uh, co-op to consoles, which would be super fun to play that game in a co-op mode. Okay. So is it like an actual full title, or is it one of those, what are those called where they bring out the game and it's not really finished yet, but you're basically beta test? Oh, early access? No, no it's, a full, it's a full title. That sounds awesome. I think I got it for like 20 bucks. Okay. Oh, so it wasn't like on the Xbox Game Pass. You had to buy it. No, this, this one I actually bought it. Yeah. yeah that Game Pass is seriously yep. such a freaking amazing deal. I loved Game Pass, man. I I will probably have Game Pass as long as I have an Xbox at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Why why wouldn't you? Exactly, exactly. And you have to you have to like eat and drink, you know, like to stay alive. You even have to worry about the sun. Oh, God. You have a little watch that you're wearing that'll it'll tell you like how your hunger and thirst level is and it'll tell you if you're getting too hot, you can like go jump in the ocean to cool down and you can put this alloy uh, uh kind of like lotion i guess better word of putting it uh, on you to to make the sun <laughs> that's kind of crazy you know the sunburn go away it, it's yeah it's, it's pretty in depth for a 20, for a 20 game uh it, it's pretty impressive to, to me that's funny like you can probably unlock uh everybody's trying to get that spf uh 3000 <laughs> <laughs> right yeah yeah if you unlock that you can stay out in the sun for five hours that's why that's the rumor is it's like some kind of berries or some kind of like little uh, something you you actually put on you. I don't know. I'm not sure okay. what, what that exactly sounds, it is. Yeah. That sounds awesome. That is a really weird mechanic, though. I like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's survival games are trying to get more and more like, oh, what what else can we make you suffer through? But wow, <laughs> I know. <laughs> what else can you can we can we punish you with? You, you can't know? <laughs> be in the dark too long. Can't be in the sun too long. Can't be in the water too long. Fucking. The the sun part isn't isn't really that annoying. That that only really affects you ever ever so often, and you can easily fix it. Okay. The most annoying part for me right now is 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 water. It's the only thing that I I can get right now to quench my thirst is coconuts. So you can get the coconuts and you can you know open it yeah. and just drink the coconuts. But then but but it's not. It takes a long time for them to respond. Oh. Yeah. So you have to like travel to other to other islands to find the okay. coconuts. I do have a a water. Uh, thing that collects rainwater, but it doesn't rain very a whole lot, so that it only only comes into play whenever it rains. So there's got to be some other things I can find for water. I just don't know what it is yet. That's the most annoying. Okay, part of the game. so it's like a game where it doesn't do much like tutorials or anything. It just kind of drops you in. No, it, it throws you in. You're on okay. your own. Um, those can be those can be kind of fun. Um, like Animal Crossing, in a way, is like that. Where if you've never played another any Animal Crossings. You kind of have to discover this stuff as you're playing. Right. I think they do that because they want you to be playing with friends or friends go, hey, this is how you catch grasshoppers. This is what you can do if you want to try to get certain villagers to join, you know, come to your village. All the shit that I did not know until I was like, I guess about 100 hours into the game. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm still like learning stuff because, yeah, I, I've never played one of those before. But yeah, no tutorial on them, which I guess is okay because a lot of people probably feel like that. They don't want to have their handheld how do you guys feel like that? do you like a good tutorial at the beginning or do you like it better to kind of just learn the game as you're playing i think it depends on the game for me you know like what type of game it is i've had issues with games before where i've really wanted the tutorial and then i've had i play some where it it was great not having one and figuring it all out for myself so to me i think it depends on the game okay i agree it depends on the game i don't know if you've ever seen before the game grumps 
Egoraptor, Aaron Hansen, had had a show called Sequelitis. One of one of the episodes he talks about Mega Man X. Oh yeah, and how Mega Man X is a fantastic game for teaching you all of the things you need to know about the game in the first level without it explicitly being a tutorial level. Yeah. Right. The way that the game makes you go forward teaches you everything you need to know about for the rest of the game. Okay. In linear games like that, that's perfect right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. You don't have to tell them, oh, hit this button to do this. (laughs) Now, if it's an open world game, yes, please give me about (laughs) 20 to 30 minutes of, of using... Yeah, using your stuff so that I know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, with, with Stranded Deep, I, I, I actually think I could have used a little bit more tutorial than I than I had. Okay, I, th- I think I think at one point I was having to look some stuff up up online. I didn't know what I was doing. Okay, so like with, with that scenario, I probably could have used a little bit more of a tutorial mode. I want to go ahead and state though, please don't fucking do what EYE Divine Cybermancy. Oh. Um, you may have seen this game on Steam for a dollar once or twice. I shit you not, it has over 100 tutorial videos. No, you have to... No. What? You have to watch that many... Yeah. Oh my god. What type of game is this? You don't have to, but for every little thing that the game can do... Oh, Jesus. Like, every little nuance of the game, there are over a hundred tutorial videos. Um, it's a It's a cyber... It, it always looks to me like if Warhammer was cyberpunk... Yeah. Right. Like, somewhere between Warhammer 40k and the original Warhammer. Uh, so, yeah, you can, you can do some... Is it that in-depth of a game? Yeah, it's a super in-depth game. It traded style for flexibility right so apparently there's a you can do a whole bunch of shit in there like like any of the deus ex games there's a whole bunch of stuff you can do in different ways you can approach it oh i love those series by the way it also you know looks like the original day deus ex right right i'm kind of like i like a little bit of a tutorial but i don't want like there are so many problems with assassin's creed 3 but I think the biggest problem is like the first six hours were basically a tutorial. Right, that can be a little bit of an overkill. Yeah, I I kind of want to know a little bit. I don't need my handheld, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, I go to IGN to look at some new stuff. But one article I like that they do a lot is ten things you need to know before playing. They always do that when a new game comes out. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of helps a little bit of getting like just a little bit of a layout of like, like what this is going to mean. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I mean, I like games like you were saying, Boston work. They have that first level where it brilliantly tells you all the stuff you need to do before you go into the game, and then and then you're you're good to go, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I'm. Is it still installed here? I think I mentioned this on a previous episode back in the in the past. <laughs> there have been a few. The Voldemort. Days. There have been a few games, a few demos that have come out recently that are effectively prologues to the original game to or to the game. Okay. So that you can play the demo. While they're developed, rather than like getting the early access and stuff, you can play the demo. The demo has all the information you need for how the game is going to play, and then you move on to when the game arrives. You know what the hell you're doing. Okay, that's a really good concept, though. I like that. Uh, I wish a lot of games would do that. Bloodstained kind of did that because one of their Kickstarter goals were if they hit it, they were going to make like an eight-bit Castlevania game. And I guess kind of way it's a little different than what you're saying, Boston, but that's what they did. Is So before Bloodstain came out, 
they had a game that kind of set up the characters and everything like that. Of course, the gameplay was a little bit different, yeah. but kind of set up the characters before you actually bought the actual proper game. Speaking of which, on GOG right now, if you go to GOG.com, the Destroy All Humans demo is up there. Oh! Destroy All Humans remake. Oh, the the remake? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check and see if it's on Steam real quick. But also, okay. apparently GOG <laughs> has been doing a bunch of demos like that too. Uh, there's one that I just found... If you get a chance, it, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure it's not, it doesn't. It won't take that much effort to run on anyone's computer, but it's called Carrion, C A R R I O N. Okay. You get to play as a you get to play as like an alien symbiote tentacle monster, and it's fucking beautiful. Nice. <laughs> you get to, okay, that sounds. That's awesome. that's a that's a great explanation. I love our description. I love it. Yeah, and like you you click you click around. It's called Carrion. It's called Carrion. Okay. You like you click around the map to or click around the screen. It's two D. It's TD side scroller, and you click to where you want to go, and your tentacles shoot out and then pull you up to that area. Okay, nice. And then you can nice. You can launch tentacles out and grab people, pull them in, eat them to add to your biomass. Oh, that sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. And then you can break into parts of the lab and get like power ups and stuff. It's ah, uh, <laughs> it's it's a fun fun little demo. Okay, that sounds incredible. The demo teaches you pretty much everything you need to know for the upcoming game. It's great. And speaking of demos, it's kind of funny that, that we mentioned that because um, when we did our E3 episode last year, I think two of the big games that we talked about, Chris Tales yep. and Ultimate Knockout, IGN did a little bit of a thing on them yesterday. So I guess they are still coming out sometime this year. Hmm. Did you ever play the demo for Chris Tales? I did. I loved it. It was so much fun. There were a lot of mechanics that were... Uh, you could play with time and how they would affect. Like my favorite was the one they show you where one of the enemies has indestructible armor. So yeah, you go to the past and throw water on her. Uh huh. And then go to the future where the water has rusted all the armor and destroy the armor, and then go back to the present and she's vulnerable. Oh, that's kind of brilliant. Yeah, it. That's. That's super cool. So yeah, make, making it a mechanic, and, and not just not just a, a feature, but like a, an integral part of the game and the story. Okay, and that's one thing I do. Okay, about modern games, like that's kind of a cool puzzle. Something I think you could figure out as you were playing. Mm-hmm. But I hated like the old Sierra games from like the '80s and the '90s, where there was literally no way you would figure shit out unless you had that cheat book. Yeah. <laughs> Um, like, there's absolutely no way that you would get through, like, a laser shoot Larry, because, you know, we all had those sad days, <laughs> yeah. without having that. I can tell you right now, the saddest experience of my life was, I, you know, we used to go to Dragon Con a lot. One year, I went with 10 dudes. We were all going to be in the same motel room, and we... Wait, wait, you think you had 10 dudes in the same hotel room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At that point... Damn. This was, like, early 20s, so we just, you know, anybody want to go would go. Okay. One of my friends, Josh, had worked at, I think it was still called EB at Easttown Mall. And he could, you know, that was when they would allow them to check out games. And he checked out the guy game. Oh, I remember the guy game. <laughs> the yes. guy game is the saddest game ever. Yes, because you get a shot of maybe seeing some TNA. We were all piled up in that hotel room playing that game. <laughs> this is the saddest moment of my life. That's uh-huh. when I was like, 
this has to be rock bottom. From here, it's all up. Well, I had a rock bottom moment with two because I, I, I had we. I was at a friend's house. There was a bunch of guys. We actually had the guy game where we're doing the same exact thing. <laughs> oh my god! Whew. I mean, we were thirteen or fourteen. Well, I, I, was it wasn't like you were answering questions. How that worked? Yeah, it was answering questions. They stripped a little bit, and then I think they also had, or this might have been just an arcade game I played in Germany. Yeah, but you know that game Quix Q Q I X, I think it was, where you're like trying to open up squares on a on a on a board, but trying to avoid like this cursor thing that's coming after you. It was like that, but you would reveal pieces of the chick either in a super skimpy bikini or maybe topless. I don't think it ever really... Okay. I don't know if it actually ever did go topless. Okay. Well, I know the guy game they did. But uh, sad times. Sad times for sure. Yeah. When you're talking about the adventure games that don't make sense. Yeah. Moon logic is the okay. term they use there. Uh, as, as it is... Yeah, yeah. Or, defined as a brand of logical deduction that had to have originated in the mind of an alien being. Yeah, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. Because, like, Sierra had a bunch of games. King's Quest, Police Quest, the Roberta Williams uh, games. Like, they had, like, a little Agnathia Christie murder-style games, too. Yeah. All of them were the same, where, unless you use Moon Logic, there's absolutely no fucking way you could figure them out without buying those cheat books. I don't have any idea how people could solve some of that stuff. Or or calling the 1-800 number in the manuals to, to get the cheat or like the tips or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But there would be some stuff like, I know there was like, I'm going back to Lucy Suit Larry, I don't know why. But there was one thing where there was a certain item that you had to get about one or two hours into the game. And it was not out in the open. It was something in, insanely hidden that you had to just basically luck upon. And if that item wasn't in your possession later in the game, you basically could not go any farther. Oh, wow. You had no way to go backtrack and get it? Yep. No, you could not go back and get it. There were several of them. Maniac Mansion was one that you had to keep all the characters alive to get the good ending. Yep. It's totally possible to miss a, a, a item and there would be no way to go back and get it, but they'll, they'll let you keep playing until it suddenly comes up and was like, oh, you don't have that. Guess you can't go forward anymore. Like, they didn't warn you. Yeah. If you get a chance... I believe it's, yeah, I believe it's in this video. If you go to Outside Xbox on YouTube, mm-hmm. they've got one called Six Baffling Puzzles from the 90s We Still Haven't Solved. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, it goes over several of the, the Moon Logic puzzles from back in the day. Okay. There's one of legend. I can't remember the goat from this goat that you can't get past it because every time you try to go past it, it headbutts you. And you're fucked. And like the answer to it is the, one of the most complicated things ever. Uh huh. Uh, it that makes no sense to me. Like I get it. Like um, uh, Limbo, which is a super great game. It had some. All the achievements were linked to basically weird moon logic style things. Like you take an egg and you put it in a drain at this spot in the game, and you got to stand later on in this spot of the game with your hands out held out for like a minute or two, and the egg will drop, and you'll get the achievement. <laughs> Stuff like that's okay to me. Like stuff that's just extra achievement. Yeah. But when it's to get farther in the game, it makes no sense to me. I guess in a way, was this Castlevania 2 the kneeling to get the ship to show up? Would that be considered a moon logic? Uh, I mean, in a way, I guess, because how would you know to do that? So, you know, like, um, yeah. Sometimes with some of them, you can work backwards. Like, oh, what's the one that just got 
it it came out on Steam like two weeks ago, and Rule Thirty Four has eaten it alive already. Helltaker. No, oh. it's a game called Helltaker. Okay, where you play as this dude who woke up one day and said, "I want a harem of demon girls," and so he goes to hell <laughs> to get a harem of demon girls, and it just works out for him somehow. Okay, it's a free little puzzle game on Steam, and there's already a huge fandom for it, and I can't fucking figure it out. But <laughs> there is a secret ending. Uh-huh. There's a secret ending where you have to go at the very end of the game, you go to stand in the center of the pentagram and you have to move in a certain direction. And I was like, yeah, I did everything to do it. I was like, how the hell would you have ever figured that out? And, and then as I was yeah, getting the, there was like a la- the one last achievement to get as I was going through there, I realized once you get all the tablets, like the, all the hidden tablets throughout the first, the, throughout the game, on the pause screen is the directions. Because <laughs> it's like, it's like up. Because really, oh, that's kind of brilliant. So they just hit them like yeah, out it the was open. hit in the open. I just didn't, I didn't look at it. But there was like up, up, left, yeah, up, up, left, down, right, up, down, down, right, left. So like it was, it was in, it was on the pause screen. Okay. But it just looked like kind of random. It looked like random yeah. scribbles until you realize that they were all directional d- directional chevrons. It's like, oh, god damn it! Wow. See, so like that's okay. That's that's kind of that's a brilliant puzzle. I like. I think Fez had a lot of those kind of yeah. puzzles in it too. Where at first it would totally look like a moon logic, but once you start figuring it out, it kind of makes more sense. I think there's still one that. Oh, wasn't there one? Yeah, apparently people are still unable to solve the black monolith puzzle at the end of Fez. Really? Holy shit, that's crazy. And you know that that crater's never going to tell people because that crater uh, kind of went a little insane. Do you have any... Oh, he's looking for that. Scott, do you have any like, you can think of moon logic uh, puzzles? Man, I'm trying to. I, off the top of my head, I can't. I'm sure I've had plenty, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... Do you just get to that point where, like, after a while, you just get frustrated and start looking well, at YouTube for answers? Yeah. So, so nowadays, it doesn't really. It's not a problem because we have internet. Yeah. So you know, back in the day, it, it was so frustrating because you had no. If you didn't have, like I said, if you didn't have those, like you said, if you didn't have those magazines or you didn't call that number, you, you were just you were just fucked. You were screwed. And you had to hope your friend knew how to do it. Yeah, and 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 even and even to this day, it's it still. I have to get really frustrated because I, I like figuring out stuff on my own. Yeah, but if I can't, I will resort to looking up online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So yeah, yeah. I I do the same thing. It's not as much of a problem now as it used to be. Like, um, there's a guy online who has a YouTube page where he does like Boston will know his name because I can't think of it, but he does like magic tricks on some days and other days he solves puzzles. Mm-hmm. Chris Ramsey. Yeah, Chris Ramsey. And I could not do what he does because he'll buy a puzzle online. I mean, these are like super expensive puzzles too. Yeah basically show you like using like usually like an overhead camera of his whole from opening it to, to solving it and he has patience i would never have oh wow the cool thing he does too in his videos is after he solves it rebuilds it backwards hmm. like kind of reverse engineering it almost yeah yeah reverse engin- engineering so that way to show like that he didn't just like kind of brute force his way to the answer uh, that makes sense okay and they're super cool some of the puzzles uh, he has. Be interesting. Oh, chris, chris ramsey you said yeah chris ramsey like he does a lot of like cool they're usually the puzzles that are the coolest are ones that look like there's something else like he had one that was like a vending machine oh yeah, yeah. that was good 
That one was super brilliant. But did you find what you were looking for, Boston? Yeah. So one guy who wasn't on the development team was able to beg one of the his friends who was on the staff to give him the code. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, apparently there's there's still like only a handful of people who have actually finished two hundred percented Fez. That's insane! Wow. One guy built a brute force program to generate a list of all possible solutions, and then after entering mm-hmm. thirteen hundred of them by hand, he managed to open it. Oh dear God! Why? Oh my God! I guess after a while, it just becomes that point where it becomes like your white. Yeah, like you have to do where it. you have no choice. You have right. to. Right. That's some dedication right there. Yeah, I just don't have that patience. No, I don't either. So yeah, Chris Chris Ramsey does some amazing puzzle stuff, especially the ones that he gets custom made for him. the The quote unquote bomb one was amazing. <laughs> hey, so weird segue. Kind of removed this section because I didn't think it was really my story to tell. And there wasn't a clean segue back into the next section, so smash cut, have fun. Uh, I heard three people in a year do one of my jokes. Oh, really? I don't think that they deliberately were trying to rip me off. Yeah. It was a pretty common premise. It was about the when they first started doing the traffic sign, where they showed you how many people had died that year on the highway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was it was all the same premise. But yeah, I was I was the first one in Knoxville to start talking about that and being like, why are you putting a score to this? Like, we're all gamers. Why are you telling us someone's keeping track? We're going to go for the high score. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. That was a terrible mistake. You should not have let us know. Those are rookie numbers. And so, <laughs> and then like next year, awesome. I, I did that for the rest of that year and then hung it up because it, it wasn't that good of a joke overall. But then three different people throughout that next year did their own version of jokes about the sign. Mm -hmm. Never like try to be like, oh, that was was mine, man. That was mine. That was mine. Were these local people or just people that you... Yeah, they they were locals. I'm sure they definitely had heard mine. Yeah. I don't think that they were actively trying to step on it. And I wasn't going to make a big deal about it because... Their, their versions were better anyway. <laughs> okay, thanks. And sometimes it could be like I guess parallel thinking. That parallel thinking is a is a common common practice uh, that I've, I so I've been told. Do we do we want to do we want to touch on some news uh, news articles real quick, or do we just want to call it here? Yes, yes. Let's, let's let's touch on some news articles. All right. Do you have any news articles? That sounds creepy way to put it. That's a creepy way to put it. Let's touch some news articles in their naughty spot. Let's touch this news. This is rubber. Let's get this bread. So right now with news, you go first. You go first. Well, the big one I always want to talk about is Sega has attempted to get back into the mini market again, as that's been a big thing recently. Okay. Uh, the oh, SNES yeah? Mini and the NES Mini and the Sega Mini. They have released now the Game Gear Micro. Wait, what? Really? Game Gear Micro? It's called the Game Gear Micro, Game Gear Mini. It's a miniaturized version of the game Sega Game Gear. Now, here's the thing. Wow. It's like a 92% miniaturization. So this thing is, like, it barely fits across the palm of my hand. It's four inches long. Damn. How would you even on that? Uh, it's, I don't know. You can even buy the big window accessory, if you remember that. <laughs> okay. But it's also scaled down. Wow. So, like, 
it's it's a it's a big window version that then turns the screen to the regular size of a Game Gear screen. Oh my god! That's I'm looking at a picture of it right now, and it's ridiculous. Now, my question, Boston, is: Can you still buy the TV tuner? No, uh, that you, you used to get all the original. Game no, Gear. They, don't, they don't have that one. How many? Games? So, is at least like the Sega Genesis where there's like sixty games. So there are four models. Okay. The black model. The black model, the blue model, the yellow model, and the red model. Each one has four games apiece. What? They are all different games. Holy shit. That's insane. The black model has Sonic Sonic 1, Puyo Puyo 2, Outrun, and Royal Stone. Okay. The blue model has Sonic, Sonic Chaos, Gunstar Heroes, Sylvan Tail, and Baku Baku Animal. Okay. The yellow model has Shining Force Gaiden, Shining Force Sword of ha- ha- uh, Hajia, Shining Force Gaiden Final Conflict, and Nazo Puyo uh, Arle Ron- Ron- Noru. I'm so because glad you're doing Yeah. Red model has Revelations, the Demon Slayer, Megami Tensei Gaiden, Last Bible. <laughs> what? The Gigi Shinobi and Columns. Really? And wow. And here's the best part. Are people gonna, are people going to buy this? Uh, actually, I like I like the top comment here. It says uh, this is not targeted for casual gamers, but us collectors are getting hard. Nah. <laughs> how much of this does this cost then for four games? How much do you? How much are you paying? Each each one each variant is priced at approximately forty five dollars. So so you're forty nine forty nine eighty yen. So and these are games that you can basically find probably in like the Switch, uh, the Switch store. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's insane. Like I'm pretty sure I already have them in a. And the best part is, if you buy, there's a package, or if you buy all four of them, you will get a smoky gray fifth version. What? That is, it's a, it's a smoky gray, almost transparent, uh, plastic. Yeah. That doesn't work. Wait, it doesn't work. It has no games. It's just the Game Gear hole. Yes, it's just the it's just the design. It's just the another mini. How does Sega think that this? Is, <laughs> what? I, I don't know. That's, I don't know. That's insane. Also, it runs on two AAA batteries, which gives about three hours of battery life. So, same as the original Game Gear. <laughs> okay, so now here's my theory why I'm okay with that port of it. Because I was thinking the other day when I was playing my Switch, I was like, man, if we ever do get hit with like some kind of, um, what's that called? The bombs that can take out electro- elect- electronics? Uh, EMP. Yeah, like an EMP, which I think is also a band from the 90s that had a song called Unbelievable. But the EMP happened, we wouldn't be able to play any of our modern day handheld consoles because you have to charge them. Whereas... I think maybe you could play the old ones because you could find batteries. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe maybe I was thinking like you know we wouldn't have electricity, so you you need something to charge and you can't charge it, so you'd have batteries. So maybe that's actually where I was going with it. But yeah, so I'm okay with the battery part. Although three hours for AA batteries is pretty bad. To my understanding, the yeah batteries would not be affected by EMPs. But then again, this isn't a science podcast, so. I don't know. Well, it could be now, or whatever we wanted to. Um, and by the way, Scott <laughs> is silent right now. Scott had to go to your restroom, so. Okay. Yeah, um, he's new. One thing I was going to talk about, it's not really a video game story, but I think it was like big news for me this week. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the CW has their Arrowverse, right? Yep. Where they have like, what, four or five shows going right now? Ruby Rose, who is Batwoman, stepped down. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, she quit the show. Uh, she hurt her. Yeah, the people thought it might be because she hurt herself, but she, I think she's came out and said that's not the reason. Oh. Some people are now coming out saying that she was um, hard to work with. Others are saying it was one of those things where, um, where she might have just not really, really thought about how much time commitment it was going to be to be a lead on one of the CW shows. Because supposedly they can work up to like 80 hours a week on those shows if you're the lead. Yeah. I think that she was probably looking at that and seeing six or seven years down the road and just did not want to do that. Because like a lot of those people, you know, they signed those six or seven years contracts. So for her to just up and quit, either either she must have had a good a good ironclad reason to be okay with it, or the creators of the show were just like, let's ditch her and move on. And they're not recasting her role. They're going to bring in somebody else to be Batwoman, which I don't like that idea because that means we're going to get another season of basically an origin story. Oh. And I don't really care for that. I thought the first season of Batwoman was pretty good. The main villain they had for the whole season, Batwoman's sister, I thought their dynamic was really good. I don't know what they're going to do here, but they're going to have some time because the shows aren't going to come back until... I think 2021. Okay. Yeah, so not too bad. Have you kept up with Stargirl? Yeah, have you watched any of it yet? I have not. However, it's it's really weird because I it's one of those things that no one ever asks you, who's who's your favorite superhero? Uh-huh. Yeah. Cuz you know, we, we all know we all know the answer for you is Spider-Man. Yeah, 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 for sure. I never I never get asked that question and I never get to 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 brag about it. But my favorite superhero is in Stargirl, apparently, so I have to start watching it. Oh, okay. Uh, who is it? Our Man. Okay, you're an Our Man fan. Okay, so you always like. When did you become? Because uh, you're not really been a you're you're not a giant comic book guy. So where do you get that deep cut? I believe it was. Oh, what is it? Oh, what is the name of the comic? Batman during it was a not Red Sun. It was like an Elseworlds type thing. Where it was Batman. I'm going to cut all this dead air out because this is upsetting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Nobody needs to know. It was a thing where he. Sh- oh, he was in Justice League. They were working as covert ops together. Oh, I was like, Batman needed a distraction to get out of the way. Yeah. And also, I, I don't know if it's. Is this the. I'm also trying to figure if this is the Golden Age one, if the kid is based on. The time manipulation hour man, or the one who was just addicted to drugs? <laughs> they haven't really gone that far into detail yet. So far, you only see the the JSA in the first episode. Yeah. So, Scott, what have you thought of everything we talked about? <laughs> uh, as far as the whole, the whole thing, <laughs> well, I think I've missed I had to tell everybody because it was just hard to keep covering for you. It's... No, no, no! You're good. You're like Ace Ventura <laughs> nice. too, and Nature Calls. <laughs> so we're talking about the new Star Girl TV show. Oh, right, right, right. They only show that in the first episode. Our Man and the Star Man. If you want, because you seem like you really like the JSA stuff, Boston. Look out. We can probably look on Wednesday. If we go to the comic store, but there's a Star Man series that ran in the mid '90s by James Robinson that brought back the Jack Knight Star Man. Brought back his main villain Shade, which was such a good book. It it kind of was a superhero comic book, 
but not a superhero comic book. The way they did it, I believe that was the one that got me. They got me interested in in the the Starman Stargirl stuff. Okay, I believe a buddy of mine handed that to me. Yeah, my buddy Jeremy gave me that once because yeah, it was like because it, it start it starts off with like the OG Starman just like getting shot or something, right? Yeah, 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 and that's his brother. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yep, and um. And they did something cool because every year they would have the 12th issue of the year always be where him and his brother's ghost would talk. Oh, wow. Yeah, they had an episode set up where the first year was in the graveyard, the second year was like in a bar, but they would have it set up to where that way they could basically do almost like a bottle episode with Jack Knight's character and his brother's character. It was such a good series. But yeah, I think that I think the whole book is collected now. That's super, super good. But Scott, do you have any like recommendations for people to check out like during the during everything that's still going on with the quarantine? As far as just games or, or shows or in, or in general, game shows, anything you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, like just basically what I've been talking about. Anything like well, one thing I didn't mention before was uh, we uh, I started playing The Long Dark. Have you guys played that one? No. Uh, so it, I started playing. I've, I've kept my eye on it for a long time. Yeah, same. I da- I've downloaded it off the Game Pass. Me too. I started playing it and then had to like go go pick someone up and I had to, and I had that to stop. That one is has no like if you're playing not the campaign, you're just playing like the the, the sandbox mode. There's no tutorial. You're you're in there and you're like, what the fuck am I doing? Like it is huh. hard. Okay. <laughs> and as I understand it, no chill either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not at all. Like it's it not mess around. But if you if you want a game that'll that'll, that'll Get you, like, you can play a long time, and and it's immersive. But that's that's one I recommend. Okay, awesome. It, it, it's not for the faint of heart. It is a yeah. hard game. Okay, nice. Do you have anything to recommend, Boston, before we pull into the station? I don't know where I'm going. Oh, with I, that. I did uh, real quick before I forget. We started watching a show recently called the the Great, off Catherine the Great. Okay, on Hulu, right? Yeah, on Hulu. Uh, it's uh, uh, yeah, the the Great. Yeah, I mean, it's only one season, but so far, what I've seen, it's so good. Yeah, so what's it like? It's like it, it's set like in kind of set like during the Victorian age, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's like a drama mix mixed with a comedy. I don't know how to describe it. It's so good. Kind of like Jane Austen ish. Yeah, it's. What, what, did you, what do you think, Boston? Did you did you like it? Did you ever see the Marie Antoinette movie with Kirsten Dunst? Yes. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. So it's kind of like that that vibe. It's very much like that vibe, but about Catherine the Great and how she went. She goes from being forced into this marriage to realizing that her husband's a piece mm-hmm. of dog shit to having him overthrown and taking over. But absolutely hilarious, though. The husband is hilarious. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a dark comedy. It is. It is. It is. It's like, especially when he uses the line of, I'm going to make Russia great again. <laughs> okay that's perfect yeah and then like there's a scene where he's like why don't people like me yeah. there's three people hanging behind him like he just he just hung yeah. them at the gallows he's like yeah, he's clueless with how much <laughs> of a douchebag he is he really is clueless he, he thinks everybody loves him and he can pretty much do no wrong he sleeps with his best friend's wife and he thinks it's fine oh god uh, and, the, and the, but the best friend knows about it it's not it's not they're hitting, not hitting them behind his back but he thinks it's totally fine, you know, so. <laughs> okay. How many episodes is it? Uh, I'm only four episodes in, so I don't really know. Okay, nice. Yeah, um, I'll have to check that out. That sounds it's really good. good. There was a movie that came out, I think, two years ago called The Favorite. 
It's uh, Olivia Coleman who plays Queen Anne, uh, Emma Stone, and Rachel Weisz from uh, the Mummy movies. Right. And it's basically Olivia Coleman who plays the two of them against each other, manipulating them so they'll fight over her. It's super good. It's told in chapters, kind of modern with the language, like what it sounds like that Queen, the Queen, it that, that show that you guys are talking about yep. is uh, the Great. But the dialogue is wicked good. Awesome. It's it's a good movie. It's uh, I think it's on HBO Go. I don't know if it's on if it's on any of the streaming uh, uh, channels, but it's like from 2018. Okay. Uh, super good movie. Uh, the favorite. The favorite. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything to recommend, Boston? As far as media wise, yeah, our games, whatever you want to do, you know, it's your show. I haven't seen too much recently that has made me uh, super excited. I would definitely say go, to, yeah, go to. Sorry if it makes you have to download another launcher. GOG.com, their DRM free stuff. They got some really cool demos out. Check out all the other free stuff that's out there on Steam and such, and come join me on Magic Arena sometime. Oh, because. I miss playing with people. Oh, I miss playing with people I know. I I need to uh, I need to come back to that game. I haven't played that in forever. Do you not have any friends online that play it with you, Boston? I have a handful. We're usually not online at the same time. I'm going to try and make some more friends because I found okay some Discord channels of people who do like tournaments and shit. Well, you know what, Boston, you're a catch. So you're going to find all kinds. Absolutely. Oh. You, uh, you're going to find all kinds of friends. And I would recommend... Oh, this is going back to me saying, uh, let's pull this into the station. I'm going to recommend the new... Uh, t- it's on TNT. It's based on the film, which is based on a comic book called Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer, yeah. Oh, Snowpiercer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so if you saw the movie Snowpiercer, which was done by... Just won the Oscar for Parasite. Bong John hoo or John John Hu. Pong Jun Ho. It was a 2013 film, Chris Evans, in it based on a a French comic book. Basically, they're survivors of the Earth's second age, isolate age, and they're living their days out on a train that's just basically circling the globe. Each cart is divided into class. So the upper class is at the front and the the poor and the workers are at the back and the movie is Chris Evans trying to get to the front of the tr- of the train to stop it. For a TV series, they're doing it where it's almost like a crime drama, but it works really well. Hmm. Okay. They show you more origins of how the poor people are on the train, and basically they're people that weren't supposed to be on the train, but basically snuck onto the train as the world was was collapsing. So now they're all stuck together. It's super good. I think it's like three or four episodes in now. I think it already got picked up for a second season. I was worried at first because the TV show had a lot of like production hell. Oh. But I think I think it's been good for what it is. I mean, it's not it's not at the level I think so far that the movie got to. I I'm really digging it so far. What's it on? TNT. TNT, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's on Hulu or any of the streaming things like the day after, but I know it's uh, it's on TNT. Okay. I'm liking it so far. I mean, it's not like a great, great show, but sometimes you don't need a Breaking Bad. Sometimes you just want something that's fun. That's very <laughs> Okay. Yeah. That's... Yeah. You need something that's a good, fun, entertaining. You don't always need something that is super smart. Things. I'm not saying that the show is dumb, but you don't need always to have like 
the super intelligent show, which I also like. I like super intelligent shows. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yeah. Um, All right. I said smugly. <laughs> but yeah, that was a weird ending to, ending to the episode. We'll do potty breaks before the episodes next time. Yeah. <laughs> um, as long as I could, buddy. <laughs> no, you didn't. You were a champion. We used to have it where we would basically go like an hour. Yeah. So Boston could go smoke and I could go to the restaurant. Right, right. But like since COVID, I've had to fight it. But you know what? You're who you are, Scott, and I love you. Well, same, buddy. Aw. I love you too, Boston. Love you too, Ryan. No, you guys hang up. Uh, you guys hang up. You guys hang yeah. up. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, my uh, And uh, we all love Bingy. Yes, we, miss oh, we all Bingy. miss Bingy. Yeah, and I hope when Bingy listens back to this episode, he doesn't think, "Jesus Christ, I was the glue that held this thing together." <laughs> I, I hope he, uh, I, I hope he enjoys it, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. And like I said, make sure to wherever you find this show. Whatever it's called, uh, Two Guys and a Scott is my working title right now. <laughs> Make sure to download it, uh, subscribe to it, and share the, the shit out of it because we're definitely going to need that bump at the beginning. We need to, to get that word of mouth back out that we're around. Yep. I agree. Now, Until next you said share the shit uh, out of it, Ryan. Was that, was that, uh, a gift, uh, was that towards me, a slight towards me? <laughs> About what? Sharing the what? shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was it? Oh, you were doing number two. Yeah, I was. <laughs> oh, oh God! I'm I'm now picturing like a Dumb and Dumber moment. Right. You're in the re- and you're in the bathroom. Right. <laughs> so Scott will not eat beans before the next no, recording. No beans. You know he's a rookie. He didn't I know. know. I know. I please, uh, I please join our Patreon uh, so that we can behavior. get Scott a squatty potty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or you know what? Some depends. Ooh, I could do the pants. Ah, maybe, yes. maybe we could get a sponsor. Yes. Now we're now we're getting dirty. All right. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, Just are. like that. Well, I, I uh, appreciate you guys having me back. Seriously. Yeah, for sure. And um, you know, we'll we'll have you on uh, until uh, Bingy's back, and then we're just going to throw you back to the wolves. Absolutely. Well, that sounds like a plan. You'll be, you'll be back every other month, though. Perfect. But it's good that you know your place, Scott. We, I know my point. All right. You. Well, no. uh, well, thank Cheers. you all so very much for listening to whatever the hell this podcast is. And we will see you all uh, on the next one. Thank you. Good night. Love you. Bye. See you guys. Unbelievable.